Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. Beloved, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to be starting our study in the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. I'm really, really excited for this. We just got done going through our study in the book of Ecclesiastes, which uh, doesn't clearly say was written by Solomon, but near the end of our uh, study, there were some points that I broke down um, to prove that why I believe Solomon to be that, uh, to be the writer of the book. And if you want to check that out, you can go listen to it. It's posted on there for you. Um, share my podcast with a friend. If you're listening on Spotify, there'll be a question and a poll that you can answer uh, at the end of today's sermon, Lord willing. Um, what else? Uh... <laughs> If you want to answer the question and you're not listening on Spotify, you can email me at josiahmobius12 at yahoo.com. Um, if there's anything that you would even want to talk to me about, even if it's not about the question or um, the poll, uh, anything you want to talk to me about, anything you need help with, um, whether it's something in your spiritual walk or um, just anything that you're dealing with, um, discipleship is really my heart. I've said several times, beloved, that... If God told me to totally give up this podcast and just go like and do discipleship instead, like I would do that because I, I genuinely care more about one-on-one -on -one connecting with people and um, if the Lord wills it, uh, being vulnerable with one another um, and sharing our strengths and weaknesses, of course, uh, or as well as what I want to say. This is season 27, episode 256, and here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons, and continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. We just hit three years. Uh, I think it was about uh, a week ago-ish, around that time, where it's been three years now, ever since I started my podcast. So that is just so cool to see God. Like, you know, I really, I truly do believe in God ordaining things from thousands of years ago. That's one part of that. That that's the one Calvinistic part of me is I, I do believe that God predestines all things based off scriptures that I've come across that have really humbled me and I've prayed about and I'm like, this is in the Bible, so I have to believe it. <laughs> um, but yes, over three years ago, God told me to start this podcast and to start using the teaching gift that he's given me. My number one prayer in today's episode, you guys hear me say it every week, but it's that God's will is done in your life. If you have any, again, if you have any questions or comments about today's sermon, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. Um, I have no intentions to ever um, lead people the wrong way. As much as there may be moments when I do that, it's unintentional. And when I do do that, I'm very quick to come back to that person and say, hey, um, this isn't true. So I, the reason I'm saying that is to help you guys really know my heart uh, in moments like these. So 
The verse of the day here on Mobius Ministries is out of the book of Isaiah. Um, and we know that early on in Isaiah, there are a lot of verses that can seem a little bit frightening, but they clearly were words from the Lord. But later on in Isaiah, Isaiah comes out with like all this hope and like, oh, look at all this. And this is one of those verses. It's uh, chapter 40, verse 11. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. Isaiah has 66 chapters, I believe. Um, yep, 66 chapters. But chapter 40, verse 11. And here it reads, He will protect his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom. He will gently and carefully lead those nursing their young. Beloved, have you had a week this week of experiencing a little bit of that? Where the Lord may have given you some kind of assurance, or he came to you in a dream or a vision. For me, uh, I've, I've had four dreams in the last couple months, and it's been so much reassurance from the Lord. Um... And it's really cleared up some fears that I've been having over just my own walk with God for years. Fears I've been having for years and God is now giving me dreams to really encourage me. And so I think like this, the, the, the second part in verse 11, he will gather the lambs in his arms. I think it's, I think it's John chapter 10, but it's somewhere in the gospels where Jesus says, Everyone whom the Father gives to me, I will not lose. Um, and I will raise them up on the last day. It's such a comforting verse. Like, oh my gosh, if I've actually been predestined to be saved, I don't have to worry. And there be there are verses that kind of might go through your mind that make you second guess that. But it's that's where you have to carefully examine um, those areas but let's open in prayer Father thank you for another opportunity for me to uh, just preach your word uh, as we get into the account of Matthew his experience when he was with your son Father I pray our eyes would be opened again I pray for those who are not saved and that you would save them, Lord, and reveal your Son and your grace in the midst of their sin. And I pray for those who are saved and have their names written in the book of life. You'd give them assurance. Help us to trust in you and enter into that rest of what Christ has done, Lord. Help us to gaze at you with awe and wonder. Thank you for continuing to even walk with me, Lord, in, in my frailty, in years that I've been worried about sin in my life. And Father, I thank you that that is the Holy Spirit giving me regeneration. 
Father, I, I pray for those who may be struggling with a particular sin. And you would, you would equip them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us insight into today's study. May your name be glorified, Lord. Um, and Lord, even though I do have notes prepared here, I, I ask that you'd still anoint my lips. And Lord, I'm your servant. Use me how you use me how you want. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, I do have a water today's episode. Just to let you guys know. Try to stay hydrated. Had a good workout today. I was planning on just just doing the stair stepper, but I was like, oh, I got time. I, so I worked out a little, I lifted some weights after, but all right. So here we go. Matthew chapter one, follow along, take notes. There are a lot of really good footnotes that we're going to look into here. And a lot of, uh, David Guzik commentary that I came across that was like, what? It's like super insightful, beloved. So follow along. Let's start Matthew chapter one, verse one. The title is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 1, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son. Oh, sorry. I, I should have said it. We're reading out of the Amplified. <laughs> I forgot to add that in my notes. We're reading out of the Amplified, beloved. You guys know I love this um, translation. I've heard some people, they're a little bit concerned about it. But um, this is another area of assurance that the Lord has shown me that this is a good translation. Um, many of you guys have heard ESV is, by scholars, the most accurate translation to the people who say KJV only, uh, I pray God gives them a little bit of a more teachable heart. Um, many scholars have looked at even the NIV and NLT and say those are good translations. Some people say those can be paraphrased a little bit, but um, you know, it's I, I always either go for the Amplified or the ESV. But here we go. Out of the Amplified, verse 1, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son, descendant of David, the son, descendant of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, who became the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 3, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of uh, Salmon, almost like salmon, but I think you, I think you might say it with an L. Anyways, verse five. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of uh, Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. Um, David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. Verse 7, Solomon was the father of um, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah, and Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. Verse 9, Uzziah was the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Verse 10, Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Am, uh, Amon, I think that's how you pronounce it, and Amon the father of Josiah. Verse 11, Josiah became the father of uh, Jehoshaphat, 
Draconia, I think, also called uh, Konai, and I can't pronounce that. I'm sorry. Let's continue. And his brothers, uh, at the time of uh, deportation, exiled to Babylon. This is where you kind of want to look into the book of Jeremiah, where the Israelites were thrown into captivity with the Babylonian Empire. Verse 12, after the de uh, deportation uh, to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtel, and Shealtel the father of Zerubbabel. Verse 13, we're almost done with the genealogy, guys. Just hang in there with me. Zerubbabel was the father of Abedad. Abedad, the father of Elikam. And Elikam, the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. And Akim, the father of Elid. Elid was the father of Elazar. Elazar, the father of uh, Mathan. And Mathan, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born who is called the Messiah, Christ. Verse 17, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14. Remember this word, remember this was verse 17, because we're going we're gonna to hone in on this, Lord willing. Verse 17, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14. From David to the Babylonian uh, deportation, exile, 14 generations. And from the Babylonian deportation to the Messiah, 14 generations. So there's a few interesting footnotes that I want to look at here. Going back to verse 1, when it says Jesus' name, it's the word Yeshua. And it means the Lord is salvation. And Messiah means the anointed one in Greek. Throughout Matthew's gospel which is directed primarily to Jewish believers, Matthew uses Old Testament scripture to emphasize the fact that Jesus is their promised Messiah. Because they knew the writings of the prophets who prophesied about a coming Messiah to save everyone from their sins. The reason why I say everyone is because obviously God only chose the Jewish people to be saved in the Old Testament. But when you read verses in Hosea where it says, I shall call um, I shall call the one who is not mine before. That's a paraphrase. And I think what that means is, I'm not just going to choose a select group of people, but the promise of Abraham is going to come to pass, where I'm going to make your descendants absolutely like numerous. Then a little further, when it mentions David, this is the David that we read about in the Psalms, King David who then gave birth to King Solomon when he when when King David committed adultery with Bathsheba. We thought we saw the name Bathsheba show up uh, earlier, if you remember. If you want to read about uh, that story about Beth about Bathsheba and uh, King David, you can find it in 2 Samuel chapter 11 starting in verse 1 obviously and ending in chapter 12 verse 9. Again, that's 2 Samuel 11:1 to 2 Samuel 12, 9. And then Psalm 51, to see David's beautiful, repentant uh, prayer to the Lord um, as you look at the story in 2 Samuel 11 to uh, 12, 9. Verse 6, where it mentions David again, it's the same David that we're, that we're, that we're talking about like just, just right now. Um, just in case you guys like know the song that's playing in the background, um, it's called Lawrence, in parentheses, Power Prayer by Waldner Worship. Excuse me, I wanted to 
get something with more, uh, like, extra noise in the background. But anyway, just wanted to switch it up a little bit. Excuse me, I just got done eating, so... Looking to verse 17, where it talks about there being 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile, and from then to the coming of Christ is also 14 generations. Guess how many years that is in, in, in 14 generations according to biblical times. Don't look it up, but I want you to try and guess how many years is in 14 generations according to biblical times. 490 years. Think about that. And this is like, this is where I find more hope in God giving a promise to his people that he was going to send someone to save them from their sins and save them from God's wrath. And it went on for years. All those generations. Peter says that the prophets... Who, who knew about this prophetic word about Christ, they eagerly inquired this prophetic word to see who it was about. I think it's uh, it's uh, 1 Peter 1, I believe. They eagerly inquired it. They, they were trying to see who is this prophecy about. Going to David Guzik, uh, these are some of his notes. They're super interesting. 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. Here, Matthew made it clear that this genealogy is not complete. There were not actually 14 generations between the points indicated, but Matthew uh, edited the list to make it easy to remember and memorize. For example, Matthew 1.8 says, uh, going, back, going back to Matthew 1.8, says, Jerome begot Uzziah. This was Uzziah, king of uh, Judah, who was struck with leprosy for daring to enter the temple as, as a priest to offer incense. You can read this in 2 Chronicles 26, 16 through 21. Again, in case you're taking notes, because I'm, I'm not sure, guys, and I want to I love you guys the best I can. 2 Chronicles 26, 16 through 21. Uzziah was not the immediate son of Jerome. There were three kings between them, Uzziah, Joash, and uh, Amaziah. That last word, Amaziah, I kind of like that name. That's pretty cool. Yet, as Clark rightly says, it is observed that omissions of this kind are not uncommon in Jewish genealogies. So, again, and that's why, this is why context is so important, beloved. To, to look at things in a contextual way. Continuing with David Guzik, verse 17, as it begins with, So all the generations. The practice of skipping generations at times was common in the listing of ancient genealogies. So this is just, this is Guzik going off a little bit more on um, this theologian name last name by Clark says Matthew did nothing unusual by leaving some generations out because this is this is what was somewhat common in Jewish tradition when talking about genealogies 
Some early church commentators and modern scholars say that Matthew originally wrote his gospel in Hebrew, and it was then translated into Greek. It's really interesting. Yet there is no concrete evidence for this theory, such as the discovery of an early Hebrew manuscript of Matthew. Let's continue. Uh, The new title here, starting in verse 18, is Conception and Birth of Jesus. Verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, And Joseph, her promised husband, being a just and righteous man and not wanting to expose her, publicly to shame. Some of you may know what that means, but we're going to come back to that, Lord willing. Uh, So because of this, he planned to send her away and divorce her quietly. Verse 20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the most heartbreaking realities that I find here in Scripture. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by this. Many of you may know this, but the reason why Joseph was planning on divorcing Mary and leaving her was because Jewish people would have seen this as an act of adultery. By seeing that Mary was pregnant, which would have led them, the the Jewish people, to do what the law commands. For Joseph was to be, would have to be stoned. You can see uh, this is, uh, we, we read this in, in, in God's law in Leviticus 20, 10 through 12. What is so sad to see, as I stated earlier that I want to explain on, is that we see babies being born out of wedlock and people have no shame about it. They don't, they're not contrite in heart at all. People are sleeping together before marriage and they don't think it's a big deal. We see Matthew emphasize the words in verse 19, being a just and righteous man and did not want to expose Mary to public shame. This is where we can understand Jesus' words more in Matthew 24, 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. It's out of the out of the ESV. Just going off note real quick, some of you guys have heard me um talk about my mentor, Jim. He's told me that there have been instances where he goes out on a date with a woman. I mean, this was like this is like years ago, and he tries to make it very clear that he is saving it until marriage, um, and he's not wanting to commit such a sin with a woman and sleep with her before marriage. And these women have actually like, like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, oh, you're one of those people. It's absolutely, it's heartbreaking. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus, the Lord of salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 22, all this happened in order to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child 
and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, which when translated means God with us. Coming back to verse 23, this word virgin, where it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child. The virgin. Now, that's the literal Greek, the word. The footnote says, virgin, Greek, uh, Partienos, Partienos, clearly confirms that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. Verse 24, Then Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary to his home as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she had given birth to a son, her firstborn child, and named him Jesus, the Lord of salvation. So that part, um... But he kept her a virgin until she had given birth to a son. We're going to look at that real quick. The Amplified Bible at the beginning of the verse says, But Joseph kept Mary a virgin until she had given birth to a son. God, Guzik, David Guzik, uses the ESV version when he does his commentaries. Well, here's what he says about this verse to better understand what this means. David says from the ESV, reading from the ESV, Did not know her. Uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. The words did not know her till imply that Joseph and Mary had normal marital relations after Jesus' birth. And so this, beloved, this signifies even more why he didn't want to open her to public shame because they weren't married yet. And so, beloved, as we end, that, that's the end of chapter one. Um, my, question and my, my question for you guys listening on Spotify is simply, what did you learn in today's episode? Anything God showed you? Anything you want to share? I can share it next week on uh, tomorrow. Uh, no, not tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I can share it next week um, if the Lord wills it. Um, if you if you want to respond. And then my poll that you guys can answer. If you're listening on Spotify or if you want to answer it through email. And I can, share, I can still share that next week as well. Lord willing. Is according to verse 24 where Joseph responds with confidence in God's prophetic word, have you ever had God give you a promise and you trust him for it in that moment? I know I have. Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our study on Matthew chapter 1 out of the Amplified. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to get into the account of Matthew when looking at the life of your son. Father, I just pray that we would continue to put our hope and our confidence in him. That that would be the ultimate goal of our lives. To find our rest and our trust in his name. Thank you, Father, for your Son. How wonderful he is, the one that we look to, the one that, the one that we gaze upon and stand in awe and wonder. Reveal that to us, Lord. I, I pray for uh, my listeners' trials, if they're going through any, Lord, that you would give them guidance and knowledge of your will, that they would gain understanding from your word, and that they would commune with you and continue to pour out their hearts. I pray for my friend Alec and that you would 
clear his conscience, give him assurance, give him wisdom and understanding. Father, help us to trust you. Thank you for peace, Lord. Thank you that our confidence is found in your Son, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, next week, Lord willing, we'll be diving into Matthew chapter 2. I'm really excited, you guys, seriously. I, I mean, I always get excited when I you know, get to talk about the Word. Um, next week, it's got 23 verses, so um, a little bit shorter than chapter 1, but um, there's some there, there, there are some verses that I'm really excited to, or some chapters that I'm really excited to come across, some verses that I've really gained a lot of insight um, to just better understanding certain verses that some people get confused about. Um, obviously, uh, going through Matthew 5 again is going to be really cool. Um, going across the Beatitudes and um, understanding, you know, the sin of adultery, um, the cure for anxiety, judging others. Um, oh man, I can't wait to get to chapter 9. The question about fasting. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees in Matthew 12, 22 through 29. We know, I can't wait to get to, I mean, Lord willing for all these things, but Matthew eleven twenty-five 25 to 30, talking about, come to me, all you who are weary. Oh my gosh. And when we get into that, Lord willing, and understand the context and the original language that Jesus is actually speaking to, it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's so comforting. And it's, um, I think it's just something that us is that me as a pastor and I wish other, uh, and, uh, me as a pastor, I need to practice more of what Jesus says in those verses to other disciples of Christ or other people who are saved, whatever you want to kind of word it as. So, um, Talking about anyone who does not hate their father or mother. That's going to be really interesting to get into. Um, the 5,000 fed. He talks about the heart of man in Matthew 15. Matthew 16, picking up your cross. The transfiguration. Jesus talks about forgiveness. Oh, I can't. Ma Matthew 18 is one of my favorite chapters. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff we're going to get into. So answer that question or poll if you'd like on Spotify, or you can do it um, You can do it through email, and I'd love to share your response next week. I'd really love to connect with you guys. Um, please be praying for my, uh, my my mentor, Jim, that, uh, you know, I think I told you guys recently that he's trying to save the gym, and he, that's really his desire. Um, please pray for my friend Alec. He's in a tough season right now, and I've uh, been just, I've been walking with him for a long time, and... Uh, really bearing a lot of the burdens that he's that he's been dealing with for a while. Um, some of you guys uh, heard about me um, looking for a job. I found a job, and it's 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 a, it's a it's great. Uh, it's a cleaning position, and it, it everything that I'm getting from the job is it, it's 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 an answer to many prayers that I've had over the last three months. And so I just really also want to encourage you, beloved, that if you're in a season of just you're earnestly praying about something and you're just waiting and you really know that God's going to bless you with this 
and you've gone back to his word and you've got understanding. Trust him in that. There's a psalm where it says, um, oh gosh, uh, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do it. I think it, I think it, it's early on in the Psalms. It's like Psalm 20 or 30 something, but you can look that up. You can type in like what I just said and then type in Bible verse after, and then the web, the, uh, the web could come up with, um, you know, what the verse is, but, um, yeah, really excited to see what God's going to do there. Um, and then last thing, you guys, many of you guys have heard me talk about my desire to meet my wife just the last few days, a couple, a few days ago, I was going through, uh, it was kind of like a mental health day and just was really not having a good day. It was actually on Sunday, uh, a couple days ago. And I just had thoughts of like, I feel way too broken to really ever meet my wife, honestly. And I kind of just thought to myself, like, I think I'd be okay with just being single the rest of my life. Many of you guys heard about my dream to be a NFL scout one day and be able to look at players that are in college that want to go pro, want to go dra be drafted, um, looking at players like that. And I thought to myself, like, I think I could really enjoy my life just doing that, being single, having a loft, and driving a really cool Lexus or something. I don't mean to sound worldly or anything, but I thought about that and I just... I was in my feelings and I was like, I just, I just don't know if I really could ever meet someone. Like I just, there are, that's a feeling I've been battling for a while of, I just feel too broken to ever meet a woman. There are moments when I think like, um, how is my future spouse ever going to handle my brokenness? Like, what am I going to do in those moments? And so that's, you know, I've, I've casted my cares on the Lord in those moments and I've prayed earnestly, but um, you guys know I like to update you on my life and everything. I like to be personal with you guys and not just come on here and preach. Even though that's good, I like to connect with you guys. And as much as we can look at pastors and we can think like they have no issues, no, they're they're the same sinful human beings that that you are, or people that you you know walk by when you're at the grocery store or something like that, or you're at the mall. Um, they're the same people. They're 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 sinners deserving of God's wrath but because of the grace of our Lord Jesus we're able to be saved from from that wrath um, and we do that not because we're scared of God's wrath but because God sent his son Jesus says I, I you know I was sent not to judge the world but to save it that's John chapter 3 so Beloved, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we started our study in uh, the book of Matthew as we looked at chapter 1. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.